Welcome to Slayer Fest 98. I'm your co-host, Dayspring. And I'm I'm Jason. <laughs> and uh, uh, I'm Trevor from Another Buffy Podcast. And I'm Kristen, also from Another Buffy Podcast. Oh, it's called Another Buffy Podcast. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Oh, you're like, and the title. I was like, is... oh, I was like, I was like waiting for the title. Look, we really thought Sorry. about it. We really yeah. thought about it. Trevor texted me and was like, "What if we call it that?" And I said, "Sounds good to me." Yeah, that works. God. That's an incredible. I mean, listen, I'm doing an X Men podcast, and there's so many. Another yeah. X Men podcast is a brilliant title. That's what I thought. I was like, you know, I was like, not joking. It sounds yeah. great, and it's really funny. And then you know, it actually brings up a conversation when you start talking about it it works right <laughs> i'm sorry i already brought us off off track this is my fault yeah. <laughs> we're here to talk about happy anniversary angel season two episode 13 and so my my turn right here is to ask what was everyone's thoughts on oh, this yeah. rewatch of this episode is it your first time watching it and give the feels give the general feels um well i i'll go first i Full disclosure, Kristen and I actually uh, watched this. Reason we're in the middle of recording season two for our podcast, we haven't released it yet. But so we we watched this uh, about a month ago, and uh, and it's uh, it's one of my least favorite of season two. Just in the like the grand scope, there's a lot of really good stuff in it that I like, like the building up of Angel investigations, the Lauren and Angel talks, and everything. But just the narrative that it's built around is not my favorite in season two. Yeah, I'm going to agree on that. The golden one, the golden child, whatever. Um, It's interesting because this is very much a filler episode. However, Mm. I think the actual nuances of the plot aside, I think this is a good filler episode because it does propel the series and the characters forward. And a lot of the themes that happen here will carry over for season three. Yeah. Right. And some of these ramifications are still going to hold true for season four. So I, I, I'm, I'm forgiving of it, but I, I do have problems with the plot. Yeah. <laughs> I, 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 I felt like there was a lot of good like lines in it and, and definitely, but I could not get over the couple. And I'm just like, I've definitely <laughs> been in a relationship like this where it's just the conversation is just like, yeah. And then silence. It's <laughs> just dead. It's like, please, please get me out of this room. I yeah. hated watching every bit of it. Like, <laughs> I like, I, I'll say, I'll, I kind of agree with all of you because I, I, while I actually do kind of like this episode and not just as a filler episode, there are parts of it where, like you said, the couple where I'm just watching them and I'm like, this is painful. <laughs> this is painful to watch you guys interacting with each other. And, it really is. And also we'll obviously get there, you know, when we get there. But the implications of what this man is doing are Oof. are horrifying to oh, me. Yeah. Which we obviously, oh, yeah. like Trevor said, we just covered this episode and so we discussed it you know relatively recently i have a feeling i'm going to make a lot of the same points yeah (laughs) (laughs) yeah i i will say one of the things that does stand out for me in this episode is lauren and i think this is where he was auditioned to see if he will be a mainstay series regular because he really shines in this when he's belting out the national anthem (laughs) at the hiking hotel i mean i I forgot this scene, this beautiful scene existed. And Angel, just like 
so fucking salty. It's like, what the fuck is that? Yeah. <laughs> their energy, their chemistry here, not that it hasn't been planted earlier in the season, but this was really just watching them kind of, David Boreanaz and Andy Hallett, is that is that yeah. Lauren's yes. name? Yeah. yeah, that's it. Um, they have beautiful chemistry. They truly have great chemistry. Yeah, I really love Lauren and Angel in this episode. <clears throat> and you're, yeah. you're who's I can't remember who said it, but it is. it does feel like this is setting up like until like many seasons, just like everything that it sets up, but especially like Lauren and Angel and the way that they interact and everything. It's really great. He will become like Lauren does not get the credit. And I'm sorry, I think he's still just called the host here. The host does not get the credit for being a confident that Angel goes to enough in the series. You know, that is usually designated to Cordy. Mm. And even Wesley, but the host and Angel have such a special relationship. And this is literally the building blocks of that special relationship. Absolutely. Yeah, I agree. Um, so should we just step through the scene by scene, right? Yes. Okay. I only want to kick off the opening scene, which is Wesley and Cordelia <laughs> in like the new office. Because I just moved to Miami and I'm renovating an apartment and I am so deeply triggered of wires and things are cutting, like being electrocuted. People saying things are going to be on. It is a fucking nightmare. I hate what happened during the pandemic, specifically the real estate boom, because I will always go back to being a perpetual renter, never getting an office or anything. Um, that all being said, uh, Wesley and Cordy are like doing the new office because obviously Angel has kicked them out, fired them all. And... You know, it's a comedy of errors. Like, they can't get any of the wiring to work. They said the phone line was going to be happening. Gun walks in, and you see, like, I just put, like, 100 flyers on all nearby cars. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> which, which is such a Y2K, like, business strategy. Yeah. Like, oh, yeah. <laughs> like, with Microsoft Word font. You know what yeah. I mean? The word art. <laughs> like, word the art. most basic. <laughs> and, like, and they're just, like, you know, we're certainly going to get a lot of people. And then, like, Cordy and Wesley can't figure out what, how to get the office up and running. And Gunn's just shaking his head, being like, I can't believe I'm friends with you people. <laughs> I I love that. <laughs> I just loved when he said that. I was like, yeah, yeah. I think that a lot sometimes. Yeah, well, I, I love Gunn uh, in particular just basically being amused and loving them and not like, fuck this, I'm going to go do my own thing. Because it's such a – this – thing that's happening with Angel in season two, which is one of my favorite storylines, one of my one of the reasons it's my favorite is because it emboldens the rest of Angel Investigations to be this really tight-knit team that's just so fun to like you they have such genuine chemistry and they're so funny together. And it's just such an it's an odd team. It's all three of them is an odd couple where you're just like, none of you should be together and you clearly love each <laughs> other so much. It's so fun to watch. Oh yeah. It's it's definitely nice. Like just to see just and also like to see the three of them without Angel. Yeah. Is is really is really cool because it's not it's not like Angel's keeping them together. Right. Yeah, I think that's probably my favorite part about it is that you know, when Angel fired them, they could have very easily gone their separate ways. And instead, it only made the three of them stronger as a unit. You know, they didn't like Gunn mm -hmm. didn't just go back to his buddies and start, you know, killing vampires the way he was doing it before. He I think what I think it's especially interesting for Gunn because I think he recognizes how much more effective and efficient he is with a team that actually has resources besides weapons. Mm -hmm. That's what Absolutely, I like, especially yeah. about these episodes where they're on their own. 
And it's also like when Gunn was introduced, he really only went to Angel at first. So yeah. it's so it is really cool to see the bond that it, that he's formed with them. Absolutely. Yeah. One of the things in this opening scene, what I think was really brilliant, um, was that what Greenwald did was establish sort of like an undercurrent uh, for the theme of the episode. And at, at least what I saw was a this discrepancy between like class, right? Because we'll see that play out later on when they get their first client, but. You know, Wesley and Cordy are very previously very privileged individuals and Gunn is very street level. And he's just like rolling his eyes at how these two individuals can't do something basic as figuring out. I mean, I don't want to say basic as figuring out wiring because that is literally not. You need an electrician for that. Yeah, you need like a whole certification to yeah. do that. We would see like the element of class and corruption with their first client. And I thought that may be me overreaching now that I'm saying that out loud. It made a little bit more sense in my head. But I, I definitely would. I, I think what makes this episode particularly great and Angel for me and the whole Buffy verse is that there is things you can pick up. And Greenwald in particular always writes up to his audience. And there's so many layers in their dynamics and everything. So just something to ponder. Absolutely. And then, uh, after this opening scene is when the amazing angel angel can't sleep and he wakes up to <laughs> Lauren belting the Star Spangled Banner, which is oh incredible. I don't know. I, I feel like he deserves it. Yeah, he does. He does deserve it. <laughs> I mean, listen, if I walked downstairs and that beautiful demon was waiting for me singing, I would be in a very good mood. Yeah. Just, okay, I, fair. That's you, fair. Angel. Yeah. <laughs> Daddy Angel is just such an asshole. <laughs> you know what's interesting? The, my my read on the way Angel treats Lorne in this episode, what's so great to me about the Lorne-Angel relationship as a whole, and specifically in this episode, is it feels like Angel's putting on in front of, like he's being a dick on purpose because he knows that Lorne's the only person who can kind of break through. Like he pushed his friends away and he knew it would work. And mm. he's like, Lorne... Lorne not only like is relentless, but Lorne can like read my mind. He knows my future and I don't want to fucking hear it. So he's like being extra dickish to Lorne to try to keep it as distant as possible. And Lorne just keeps whittling him down until Angel finally like confesses near the end of the episode. And I really like I, I got it more even watching this time because we had seen it recently. And I'm just like, Angel's like such a dick to Lorne and Lorne is just being a bright light (laughs) yeah and i think i think you like see it even right from the beginning though like when when he comes downstairs like he doesn't stop singing right away he's like he just keeps going yeah he's like i don't care about your face right now right he's gotta do the big finish he's a performer he's gotta get there (laughs) it's great and then lauren calls out angel for getting lawyers killed setting girls on fire lauren's just like not giving in. Okay. I do I do have an issue, and I think that I mentioned this in our episode too, but the issue that I have with the way he phrases that is he's like setting girls on fire as though Angel went outside, found a group of <laughs> civilian girls and set them on fire, whereas he actually was setting Drusilla and Darla on fire, <laughs> which as much as I don't want them to get set on fire is not a bad thing in the good versus evil yeah. scheme of this show. Oh, you know what I mean? Where I'm just like, this it, the lawyers thing, yes, call him out for the lawyers thing, but 
the setting girls on fire, you're misrepresenting the facts. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's not that easy. Oh, yeah, simplifying. That easy. There's a lot of nuance there. Yeah. <laughs> so like we find out that Lauren came to Angel because he was reading someone at at the at the bar he owns. Wait, what's the name of the bar again? It's Carnitas? Yeah. Carnitas, yeah. No, yeah, that's, sorry, but, that's but, what you put in a burrito, Trevor. Oh. <laughs> yeah, I was like, what? <laughs> I like caritas. I'm sorry. I'm caritas is how I would pronounce it. Because um, it means like sanctuary. It, in, uh, caritas. In, yeah. in caritas. Something, yeah. In Spanish. Is it Spanish? Um, yeah. So, well, maybe Cubans say caritas. So, like, I'm just going to say that. But, anyways, caritas. And um, he, he read the aura and it knocked him out quite literally knocked him out and angel's like reaction was like oh it was that good yeah. <laughs> i love how even angel's like oh my god you sound like a someone he's so la there yeah. he's so fucking la so you're like oh my god let's get him a talent manager yeah, yeah. Right. But, um, <laughs> he even like leads in a little he's like oh now i'm interested yeah i know yeah yeah like, oh angel, oh, angel. But, um, i do kind of love what a little bitch he is for the arts he yeah. just uh, he just does love like a like a beautifully constructed song or dance yeah. or something, and it, it's just it is so integral to his character. He he is very artsy, weirdly. Yeah. <laughs> so artsy, but Lauren's like, no, bitch. I mean, it knocked me out. This guy, he's. I need a champion because the end of the world is happening. What day is it? Wednesday. It's happening tomorrow. So I need a champion, and everyone else I know is tired or dead, so you're just going to have to do. And Angel <laughs> reluctantly agrees. Yeah. And then we get to meet the nerd. We get to meet all of the nerds nerding. Oh, yeah, and this is where, like, you really were just like, well, who's the girlfriend? Like, yeah. where's? do you have any emotion at all? Like, <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, he, because he, she, they're, like, talking about, freezing a moment in time or whatever and denise shows up and she even she has a line where uh the other friend is like says says something about einstein and she says that's what got me out of physics and into theater and i was like how are you in this world if you how do you go from physics to theater yeah (laughs) that's a huge that's a drastic shift such a leap This is it. It's another very LA thing, you know. Yeah. <laughs> well, that didn't work. How about this? <laughs> I, I worked in book publishing for a couple of years, and there was this one author who will remain nameless. Just came in, was like, "Oh, I just decided to quit like my high paying job in finance and write like fiction." Yeah. <laughs> like, and you're like, okay, <laughs> weird, but this yeah. is really great. So we're gonna acquire it. Yeah. <laughs> you're not getting your like Wall Street money with this advance, but sure. Yeah. <laughs> and then uh and he's like super he's super awkward like more than i think is necessary for the story he just gives nothing at all yeah like there's there's an awkward tension from denise's side but he just like stares at her like he's <laughs> a mannequin and like says like just information out of his mouth like i'm just like why why was this the ju- it could have been an awkward thing between them like they just bumble and they don't have a good chemistry and that would make sense that denise would be like i want out of this because it's weird but i was like you're dating a robot clearly you want to end this i mean yeah to me i was just like he's clearly just talking to a green screen like i i I don't even know what's happening here (laughs) they weren't even in the same room yeah (laughs) that makes the most sense I just like for me, I I think she just is because I I watched, you know, most of Scandal. And so I like her 
already. And I remembered her from this when I started watching Scandal. And so I just am like, she's so out of his league in the first place. And then I also (laughs) am just watching this going, how did you even make it a year? How did you even make it this long in the relationship? That seems like you've been really just trudging along for a while. Yeah, that's what Mm. makes it so weird that he's so robotic with her. I'm like, why did this go longer than a month? Yeah. You should (laughs) have, like... Like, was it more exciting at the beginning? I can't imagine how. No. (laughs) I just, like... He moved his face a little bit. A little bit. Okay, that's fine. (laughs) And then he got comfortable. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, boy. And then uh, we go to Angel and Lauren. They're checking out a ton of karaoke bars. And they uh, find this bartender who happens to know about the quote-unquote the kid. Also, I love how Angel pretends like he didn't like going to all those karaoke bars. (laughs) Right? He's like, do we have like 20 more? He's having the time of his life. (laughs) He's having so much fun with me. (laughs) It's like like Ron Swanson with the... um, with the, with the scavenger with, hunt, yeah, with scavenger. Yeah. He has yes, to that's exactly he what it doesn't is. like it just to like keep up his angry image, but he's like living inside. Yeah, <laughs> yes, yes. The bartender, did you guys recognize him? I did, but I couldn't. I didn't place it, and I didn't look uh, him up. So, I, 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 gosh, I'm going to ruin like my reputation here. I'm a huge Friends fan, <laughs> and this I mean, is that's Mike Haggerty. This is Mike Haggerty, and he plays the superintendent in, yes. in Friends. And, yes, he does. And he he only just passed away um, a couple months ago. Aww. So I know. So R.I.P. to Mike yeah, Haggerty because he was. I love his. This is such a like pivot from his character on Friends, but yeah. it was because mm-hmm. damn here and flex those muscles. I love the just the little bit of because Lauren can't help it. Like he sings for Lauren first hesitantly and then kind of leans into it. And Lauren gives him such a great pump up speech. And it's why I love Lauren so much. He just loves celebrating people in life and just being happy. And he's so wonderful. I love Lauren so much. I, it, it was so good. But also I, I have to point out because, you know, we're, t- we're definitely, we know Angel loves this. Like where Angel was really the one who forced him to sing. Like, well, he's a demon. Yeah, so you better listen to <laughs> you him. Better do it. Like Angel was like, "I want you to sing. Yeah, sing for me. <laughs> you must sing now." So now he's not Ron Swanson. Now he's the Phantom of the Opera. Yeah. <laughs> sing for me. Um, yeah, that's a great scene. And then we go back to uh, the nerd figuring out Matt. What's his, I keep? I just wrote his, his nerd in my Bean. notes. What is what's his name? Gene. Gene. Okay, Gene. So he's figuring out math. He gets he gives up and he leaves. And I I do I want to point out that I feel like unless I miss something, this is not very great writing in my opinion because if the demons like they cast magic to make his equation work and they're doing stuff later in the episode down in the basement and like they're making I was like why do they need him to like do the orgasm time freeze. Why can't they just like make it happen? Clearly they know how to do it. Like, why do they need him to do it? Like (laughs) you can tell like that the demons in this time stop thing was written after they (laughs) wanted to push the, just every, everyone else's character along. They were like, Oh, we got to fill this with something. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) We don't have anything else. They did like a demon randomizer and like, (laughs) yeah, that's an issue. That's an issue that I have actually kind of a lot with Angel having, you know, been going back through and doing it on our podcast as well is that 
I just, there's so many episodes like that where instead of, like you said, using a demon randomizer and just like coming up with something and sort of shoehorning it in there, you could be doing more stuff to, you know, extend the interpersonal storylines of this like we didn't need these there's like three scenes of these demons and that's it and only one time are they doing anything useful which is fixing his math the rest and it of the takes time five seconds just, yeah the rest of the time they're just fighting it's so bizarre to me that's the thing that confuses me because it's like i don't have a problem with them fighting angel preventing him from stopping it like them wanting it to happen makes sense and i don't even have a problem with the way they look but the fact that they make the equation i'm like you all clearly know more than Gene, like, it'd be one thing if they knew this was going to happen and they wanted to make sure it happened. But then they just added in the element of, like, they put the equation on the board. They're working in the basement. I was like, why? You don't need that. Yeah, and they have, like, and if they needed the gear, then they could have just killed everyone around. Yeah, and just be like, here's the gear. It's so weird. now. (laughs) They clearly have access to it. Like, (laughs) it is. It is really bizarre. And And again, I think it's just... It's taking plot or like runtime real estate that we could be using to, you know, punch up the Angel and Lauren stuff or, you know, the rest of Angel Investigations. We could have had another scene with Virginia, who I think never gets enough to do. Oh, yeah. But, you know, any any of that. And instead, we've just got like random demons for half a reason. Yep. I am curious about Virginia, though, just to pull that thread really quickly, Kristen, because I remember I watched this all as it was happening on the WB back in like the early, you know, odds. And I remember thinking, oh, this actress is going to be a mainstay because they've invested two episodes with so much plot. And then spoilers, you know, she will go away in the next episode. It's a very arbitrary reason. Yeah, I agree. Was it a contract dispute with it with the actor? Was it just was she not testing well? Because I I love how charismatic she is. Yeah, she and I think she's such a great. I was thinking about it when I was seeing this. She's such a great mirror for Cordelia because Cordelia now is the one trying to figure out what's going on with the power here, and Virginia's this rich social light, and it's very much the road less traveled for for Cordelia, and mm-hmm. I, I would have liked to have seen her a little bit more fleshed out. And I agree. Gone. Yeah, I agree completely. And I don't know if there was any behind the scenes stuff just because of, you know, everything we found out over the last couple of years. I like would not put it past yeah. anybody involved in production to just have wanted to keep Cordelia and Charisma Carpenter as isolated as possible, surrounded by only men for no yeah. reason. Yeah. <laughs> for no reason. So, I mean, because you're right. It's just such a there's such rich potential with Cordelia and Virginia hanging out, Cordelia gets to kind of still do some of the things that she used to like to do because she's friends with Virginia. I also love her as a girlfriend for Wesley because after this, he never gets to be happy again. And it's just like, great. (laughs) It's the fucking worst. (laughs) I would argue his true love is Lila Morgan. Uh, Okay. I'm going to have to come back when we get to that because I want to discuss that at length. (laughs) So much. I will come on another Buffy podcast yes. to discuss yeah. Lila Morgan and Wesley Wyndham Price and how they are the perfect 
Buffy vs. Couple. I, will, I don't disagree with you. Yeah. I will die on that hill, get resurrected by Willow, and die again. And that is how serious I am about this. Yes. Yes. I don't disagree do. with you. I would love to discuss that further in an episode where it applies. <laughs> yes. <laughs> All right. Continue. I'm sorry. Sorry. No, uh, well, continue. yeah. Well, you bring up Virginia, and that's our next scene, which is yeah. Virginia comes into Angel Investigation. She is. Wait, wait. Before, Wait. because the best part is when they're all sitting together at oh, that yeah. one desk, oh, like yeah. all squeezed yeah. in. They're all depressed sitting at the desk. <laughs> <laughs> but basically, because I think Wesley said something just like, we have to like accept this in silence, like t- yeah. telling everyone to shut up. <laughs> yeah. Let's <laughs> yeah. just sit here in silence. It's so great. The thing, the thing for me that I like the best about it is that Cordelia is putting out the equivalent of thousands of dollars worth of candles. Yeah. <laughs> because they don't have any light. That's that's literally so much money worth yeah. of candles that she's putting out. And you know they're all from Pier One. Yeah. <laughs> she saw the Christie Alley ad and she would feel like I have to go to Pier One right now. Yeah, yeah immediately. <laughs> And then, and then Virginia shows up. That's right. Um, and she is quite a beacon of light. She's just such. She's so positive, and she's funny. She's charm. I like it. She might have been taken away because it's just like this doesn't work for our brooding story, and we don't have a reason to not have her constantly pop in. But it's like yeah. you're you're right. Like I would have loved a lot more Virginia. She was so great. And she even mentions at one point that she. She she can move on easily because of her money. <laughs> like, yeah, <and> it's like <laughs> nice. I also love one of my favorite lines is when uh, she's like, "They have a lot of money. They invented like chairs or something." Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then also another one of my favorite quotes in this scene is uh, when Cordy's so excited because she's like, "We'll do it. We'll do anything." And Virginia's like, "Oh, that's so sad." So sad. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah 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 yeah. <laughs> Okay, as a general note, the lines in this episode are all great. I mean, they are mm-hmm. like, when, when Gunn's like, oh, just, you can't swing anymore, you can. I'm, I'm paraphrasing what he says, but like some of it, oh God, it's like chef's kiss to Greenwald for, yeah. for some of these lines. You think you're at the bottom, but you can still go down. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah, is... even then, like all of her deliveries are great. Because even then, she has that little aside to him before she continues. She's like, "Well, that was very well put, but I have a case for you." <laughs> <laughs> and it's just, I don't know. There's something about her, and I just realized um, that she was one of the moms on Runaways, which was actually a fantastic <gasps> show, and she is equally oh. captivating in that and she does like it's kind of the same character but she gets to do it for longer <laughs> oh she was on that yeah with yeah. james marsters yeah she's gert's mom yeah yes oh god i i wish they would get all those actors back in the mcu me too yeah i don't know if we mentioned it but virginia did offer them a job with from a yes. rich family yeah yeah yeah. Like, yeah which yeah where she said uh she said they invented chairs. And they'll be grateful, meaning they'll give you tubs of cash. Tubs of yes. cash. <laughs> and then we go to Jean showing up to work the next morning and notices the correct equation. Nothing fancy there. And then Angel and Lauren in the library. Uh, <laughs> I love Angel. Angel's upset about the joke where Angel's like, did you ever learn how to, or do you know how to drive? He's like, yeah, I just learned just now. Yeah. In, yeah, in your car. <laughs> in your car. <laughs> 
But it, you know what I love about this is that like there's just so many things. I'm like, the, like the library scene. I'm just like, you know, can't just Angel and Lauren just do a little buddy comedy? Yeah, yeah. it's so fun. I want to watch that instead of this boring couple. Let me watch them try to drive in the car. Right. <laughs> yeah. There's the other thing about this that I love so much, which is. Um, Every time someone looks weird at Lauren, their go-to excuse is that he's the new school mascot. <laughs> the new yeah. school mascot, yeah. <laughs> For, like, presumably UCLA. Like, just, <laughs> I want to know what you think the mascot's going to be. Yeah. <laughs> and the guy later when he's just like, for the Buccaneers, he's like, not yeah. your school. <laughs> um, then we go back to Gene overhearing his girlfriend's going to do a sympathy bone breakup with him. <sighs> Okay. <laughs> Which I, gives, it gives the awful. I have so many yeah. issues. First of all, I'm still confused about how you made it a year into yeah. this relationship. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> Second of all, you don't have to wait until the day of the anniversary to break <laughs> up. Like, just because he planned. He also, she's like, he's got the whole thing planned out. Yeah. And it's literally just he made her pasta. Yeah, he didn't do much. Yeah, and that's it. one rose on the <laughs> and a single rose straight out of the Angelus playbook, by the way. <laughs> and he he drew her sleeping. You're like, yeah. oh. <laughs> so it's like it's not even like it's gonna be all that. Like he hasn't made reservations. They're not going on a trip. He doesn't have tickets to some show or something like that. And I'm like, so you're gonna make him feel like it's a normal special day. And then have sex with him, and then break up with him. Yeah. It's it's like it makes it so much worse. It's like if anything, just pull the bandaid off and be like, "Hey, I know we're about to have one year anniversary, but I can't do but this I anymore." But I can't hack it. Like yeah. it sucks, but he'll get over it. But like happy anniversary, let's bang. Actually, never mind. I don't want to be in a relationship. Is so much worse. So weird. So weird. Such weird decision making. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, overall, the weird decision making is breaking up and let's end the world. Yeah. Well, no, that is definitely <laughs> the worst. Okay, I'm not excusing his behavior at all. And I'm in no way saying that she deserves what he's doing because yeah, yeah, of what yeah. he's done. But it's like poor decision making from everyone involved. Yeah. Every, yeah. Like, how did they make it a year? Yeah. <laughs> Again, that's that's the, that's the question decisions. of the episode. Yeah. How did they survive this long? Also, her friend Val, who I guess is also friends with him, knows <laughs> knows both sides of this relationship. So she knows how invested Jean is in this relationship and how much Denise wants to get out of this relationship. And at no point was she like, you guys should really just talk. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. It's just like from kind of top to bottom, nobody is is making correct decisions for me. Yeah. It, it honestly gives you a little glimpse. You're like, oh, you guys made it this long because you just clearly don't talk to each yeah, other or understand speak. how humans work. <laughs> <laughs> um, Angel. And then so we go back to the library. Angel and Lauren are getting attacked. Uh, and then Gene makes his decision. Angel and the demons keep fighting. It's like a lot of back and forth. Gene sets up the machine in his basement. I just wrote in my notes, it's wild that his reaction to being broken up with is essentially murder-suicide. Yeah. Yeah. It's bizarre. That's definitely not healthy. Yeah, it's pretty bad. It's also so fascinating to me from, like, um, an academia standpoint, because nobody seems concerned at all that presumably hundreds of thousands of dollars of equipment have gone missing from the lab. Yeah. Like, the one guy is talking about it, but he doesn't seem... Yeah, he's like, oh, he just took it. And I was like, what? Yeah. 
That's like, weird. Oh, okay. That's expensive shit. Yeah. And then Angel and Lauren find out, you know, what would happen if something went wrong. And so they're in the car. Another one of my favorite things, which Lauren says, so there's another gear after that two thing, which is hysterical. <laughs> it reminds me of uh, Buffy and Willow when Buffy's driving. Willow's like, there's another gear. She's like, oh, yeah, I know. <laughs> <laughs> also, wait, with Anya. Anya doesn't know how to drive. Oh, right. Yeah. There's yeah. parallels a scene with Willow and Anya where Willow's like, you don't know how to drive. And Anya's like, well, I couldn't know if, unless I tried. Yeah. And it's the same exact thing with Lauren here. There, it's so funny. The Buffyverse has characters who don't know how to drive and are not particularly good at math, but then are good at math. It's right. such a weird little tick <laughs> that's there. Well, I, I think, don't even know if the writers are aware of Yeah, <laughs> I think I think what, you know, when Angel's done saving the world, he should just start a demon driving school. Yeah. Oh my God. Make a lot of money. <laughs> what a good idea. <laughs> that would be so good. Um, but th- this is my favorite. This is my favorite scene from the whole episode. Cause this is where like Lauren gets down to the nitty gritty with Angel. Mm-hmm. And he's like, he Angel finally is softening up, which is like I said in the beginning, like this, this is what Angel feared because he's having to be this gray angel to in his opinion in order to find you know, Darla and Drusilla in order to attack Wolfram and Hart. He's like, got to take himself to this place and he doesn't want to let himself up. And Lauren is like, no. And he finally breaks through here. And it's, it's one of my favorite things where Angel's like 200 intelligent, well-trained lawyers are trying to drive me crazy. Why is everybody surprised it's working? He's like mm-hmm. admitting his, he, he's not perfect. He's like, I'm not this mm-hmm. perfect fucking hero. Like, obviously this works. <laughs> Yeah, I don't know. For me, it's the self-awareness of it kind of renders that whole thing moot, where it's like, if you know that that's what's happening, why d- why are you still letting it affect you so much? Like, you know they're doing it on purpose, and you can see the signs, you understand that it's happening. I don't know why you're still letting it happen, <laughs> you know? And I also, because in addition to that, there's, he really, there's a lot of back and forth with this sort of attitude from him. Because it's the same thing from either the very end of season one or the very beginning of season two when they're like keeping a log of like how many good things they've done. And then he finally is like, well, I can't do it for for the reward. I have to just do it. And so that's kind of the thing where it's like we really flip flop on that, whether or not he's doing it for the reward or not. And I... I would argue like the good place argument where it's like, now that you know that there is a reward, none of your actions carry any moral weight because you know, there's supposed to be a reward and it kind of all, all of that kind of filters in together for me. And I agree. And Kristen, even to pull on the thread you were talking about, like seeing where they're at at the beginning of season two to where they're at, it it, it is such a major redefinition because very much so at the beginning, and I, I do believe that maybe David Greenwald had said this in an interview in like Teen People <laughs> back in like 2000, whatever this episode aired, where he said something that like they felt showing Angel as part of a team was a little too optimistic. And then, so they wanted to break them up and sort of do their own thing. But in, in this episode in particular, I feel like now they're kind of like regressing on mm-hmm. that. You know what I mean? And we're starting to see what makes Angel tick. And I think they're trying to funnel it together here and make sense of these behind the scenes decisions that they seem to be flip flopping on. Yeah. 
And I think here in this, is it this scene in particular, and I, I may be getting this cross with what they say on Charm, but it's similarly here, where Angel is moving away from protecting the innocent and seeking out the guilty. Which sure. is a huge thing in Charm Season 2 in Morality Bites, where they go from saving the innocent to punishing the guilty. Um, I, for me, the core of Angel, what I think in a very broad stroke was, it's helping the helpless. And, and that's how the series would eventually end. They go down fighting the good fight. And I agree, they're not, they, they haven't stuck to that thesis, especially in these, in this part of the season. Yeah. Well, which, you know, I don't want to discount this section of season two, because for my money, Angel going dark, but not turning into Angelus is some of the most interesting storytelling in this season. And I would argue the series as a whole. So I don't want to discount that. And I, and I do think it's narratively and um, character based interesting in that way. But I, but it's the cycle that we keep getting into where it's like, you know, the next one that we have is, I want to say epiphany where the whole, or I don't know if that actually already happened. It didn't, right? No, Epiphany's no. in a couple episodes. Okay. But the whole, you know, if nothing we do matters, then all that matters is what we do. Like, that's an excellent thesis as well. And it's just like, they just never stick the landing with that oh. kind of stuff, which will, you know, we can get back on track a little because it does go into, you know, sort of the consequences and then the thought experiment of the results of this episode, too which is just, it's staggering when, when you think about it. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, so that's, any, does anybody else have any, anything else to say about this Angel Lorne car ride? <laughs> it's iconic. It's iconic. It's iconic. <laughs> it is iconic. That's correct. <laughs> we break yeah, away good. for it's two, great. for two hours about a yeah. car ride. <laughs> uh, no, but it, it's a great scene. Um, and I, I do just love Lorne finally breaking his walls down. Uh, mm-hmm. And then we go to Gunn and Wes uh, and Cordy and, and Wesley's doing his best Agatha Christie impersonation. Okay. It's fantastic. It's so good. Oh, it's, <laughs> yeah. Carpenter deserves an Emmy. Do you have any more of these chips? Yeah. Oh my God. Oh, like, it's so funny. Cordy is finally feeling at home. Yeah. Because she has spent the last two years with her family in jail for tax evasion. Yeah. She has lost everything. And now finally she's like, woo, you don't mind if I do. You know what I mean? Fancy hors d'oeuvres. My fancy hors d'oeuvres. Yeah. I mean, I don't think Sunnydale Gallus had fancy hors d'oeuvres, but it was good enough for her. Oh, yeah, yeah for sure. <laughs> I think it was good to see all of them working together again without Angel here. And they kind of showed, like, yeah. they they have, they are Angel's resources. Yeah. Like, Angel needs them. Angel's, Angel's good at, like, Fighting the bad guys, and they're good at literally everything else, and yeah. also and also fighting. <laughs> and also the bad fighting, guys. yeah. <laughs> right, um, it's great, and I love Gun being like that was cool. Like it was, yeah. it's just such a. I love the chemistry between them. It's all so great. It was nice. Uh, and then we go to Gene and his girlfriend's mind-numbingly boring date. Okay. Oh God, there is like a a line of dialogue where he opens the door. And then he can't even get out the words that she looks nice. Like oh, he yeah. says, you look, uh, and then he just stands there dead. Like, what was that? For like what, honestly, seconds. what was that? I don't know. Like, I really was like, what is happening? <laughs> what am I it's watching? So, so bizarre. It's like, almost. am I, did I stumble on a French new wave film and I didn't know. realize? 
Oh well, my and God. It's, it's like this race more like a first or second date. For I them. was just about yeah. to say that. Like, yeah. even, even if you have a boring relationship with someone, you have one year with mm-hmm. them. There would be some comfort where you'd be like, "Oh, you look nice today. Is that a new shirt?" Right? That's organic. I, I understand what they're trying to show here yeah. in the relationship, but it's such an odd way of executing it. Yeah, right? but like, because you would but have then- some comfort. But then you have, like, you know, because obviously, you know, then Angel and Lorna are fighting a bunch of the high demons. And then the it just keeps going back. And yeah. then it showed the one scene of, like, oh, he gave her a necklace. Yeah. Why yeah. did they show that? Yeah. Show any sort of form that you care. It's really, it's really <laughs> bizarre. The whole thing is really bizarre. And it's also... um I think I think I mentioned this before, but it's like the one thing about this is that he does make her dinner and that's sweet. You know, that's always kind of nice. But he knows what her plan is, which is to come over, have this date, have sex with him and then leave. And so his bright idea is to make her a cream based pasta. (laughs) Is that making anyone else feel sexy? It's not making me feel sexy. I yeah, have like a, a real call. problem with that. Yeah. <laughs> I have a I have a poo belly just thinking of it. Right yeah. I'm, right? <laughs> I'm just like that I seems know. like ill advised. You're gonna you're gonna feel that in your stomach yeah. forever. Forever. Yeah. For the rest of your life. Yeah. <laughs> he clearly does not think much about anything. <laughs> and then yeah, it's quite the juxtaposition of this boring date and the violence happening on the way to the apartment. Mm-hmm. they're in the middle of it and it's it literally like makes the face as the oh my god uh, yeah. as the time oh thing <laughs> it's just so graphic oh. <laughs> my kids were like uh, bouncing around in the room and the scene was starting up and i was like hun can can you take them out of here something really weird is about can to be on go? my screen <laughs> <laughs> I have like I, I'm I keep just it's like only problems that I have with the logistics of this episode too because my huge question here is when she first because it's another thing of a scene that like why did why did we not see that happening when they first walked in the bedroom and she saw all of his lab equipment everywhere surrounding like those mirrors around at the bed why wasn't she like just kidding i have to leave immediately it's yeah. so weird the, the timing to just like there's something so it's like obviously what he's doing is gross perverse awful but then in addition to that like the the wherewithal while you're in the middle of it about to climax to just like time yourself and press the button and like make sure i was it's just it's fucking dark like it's It's really weird weird. (laughs) it's 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 oh boy yeah (laughs) this is where i start getting into like the implications i was talking about because the like if you follow the thought experiment out it's so gross because you know trevor even said it's like a murder suicide because he's like i want to stay stuck in this moment forever because i'm so sad and this is the the pinnacle of my existence is coming in my girlfriend and and then (laughs) he's like but i'm also going to take you down with me which is just like 
yuck. Why are you yeah. doing that to this poor girl? She just wants to break up with you. Just take it like a man and get out of here. Be a grown up. <laughs> That's my biggest problem with the next scene when Angel and Lauren talk to him because he's only, and the show posited, posits it yep. as such, that his only crime was that he was about to end the world. He's like, oh my God, I just wanted to do this. I didn't realize I was going to end the world. I was like, no, no, someone needs to speak up and be like, no, what you were doing was wrong. And that just happened to be the outcome that was going to happen. But like, we need to talk about this horrible thing that you just well, did. Like, I feel like, I feel like that, you know, is with men in Hollywood anyway. I mean, yeah. you yeah. know, one, one small, tiny actual life thing happens and you go on this villain arc. Yeah. Like, like, and it's, and it's always accepted and it's like, what the no. come on? Yeah. I think also, I think probably if I had to guess at their, you know, I wouldn't even call it an excuse because I don't think anybody even in the writer's room would have pushed back on this. But like, if you had pressed any of these writers to be like, Hey, that's a little creepy. Like what, what's the actual deal here? They would have said, Oh, well it doesn't work. So there's no crime. You know, she, (laughs) Denise doesn't realize anything happened. Like Denise is, she still breaks up with him at the end. So everything's fine. And in my mind, I'm like, well, everything turned out fine. But that doesn't mean he didn't have nefarious, you know, goals in mind. And and it was just, yeah. yeah. And then they just have a conversation at his dinner table. Yeah. Yeah. Like, hey, maybe not do. No, what? Punch him. Yeah. They're like talking about You are nasty. (laughs) You are nasty as shit. So nasty. I I don't understand it from a writing perspective, too, because all of a sudden, Gene becomes a conduit that Angel can, like, empathize with yeah oh, it's so weird and i was just like oh so bad this is really weird and maybe it could have been a conversation fleshed out a little bit where mm-hmm. you'd be like you know everything that happened with darlo but like i don't know the, the parallels i it was such, such a weird thing i don't know why they didn't give that emotional beat to someone like lauren yeah. where angel would be like you know what i really do work better as a team i do need someone to balance myself out why did they give it to gene who's this fucking creep you yeah. know what i mean well, I mean, not for nothing, but Angel's a creep too. Well, that's the yeah, thing is I mean, they, yeah. they could have they could have kept it within the theme of this season and this episode if they had Angel empathize with him and then Lauren being like, what the fuck? And like showing like Angel has descended so much from morality that even Lauren is yeah. just like, no, 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 no. This You're is bad, you dumbass. <laughs> like, don't, he did something wrong, Angel. Like, stop, yeah. what are you doing? Like, that would have worked with the story. But instead, they're both just like, yeah, I know love's, love's bittersweet, man. It's like, no, what? <laughs> yeah, because it's not, that's not, an, what Gene was trying to do is not an expression of love. It's no. an expression of control and just being a gross dude like just and and that's why i kind of think there isn't a scene like that of you know lauren kind of scolding angel or angel connecting with lauren and talking about how he needs a team it's because i don't think it even occurred to anybody in the writer's room that there was something problematic about this yeah because Mm. it just is so problematic like i like this episode and i will say it is almost almost exclusively because of the Angel investigation stuff. And then the speech that Lauren gives to Gene when he's like, it's you, you can't just hold a note forever or you, you can't hear it anymore. It's you have to have the change. You have to understand that things are going to be bad sometimes, but they're always going to get better. I think that's a beautiful sentiment. And I like the metaphor he uses to explain it, but 
the rest of this episode has always rubbed me wrong because I'm like, your girlfriend wants to break up with you. That does not entitle you to capture her and then trap her in a moment for eternity when you're using her body for your own pleasure. Because as I mention often about the men on these shows, there's no way she was coming. There's no way. (laughs) (laughs) He was not getting her there. So true. There's no way. It was the most robotic sex ever. Yeah. I was like, <laughs> oh, but I think that's that's the the creepiest part about it is that like no one even realized how bad it yeah. was, and then and then at the end the res- resolution is just like, oh well, because you can imagine that conversation. Well, the only thing that happened was like he he was broken up with, like he was led to that, like yeah. like it's her fault almost right. that it happened. No. Yeah. and it's like get out of here, like. It's and it's bad. like on the one that. on the one hand, I'm like Denise. Really, you shouldn't just have sex with him one more time just to like make him happy or, or whatever. But on the other hand, I'm like Gene. You got one more time doing sex out of this. Just, <laughs> you probably won't get it again. Yeah. Just be happy and move along. Like, oh god. <laughs> I I su- su- subtle side rant. I did what Angel did. Um in the in the kind of like trying to give a pep talk and making it worse oh. where like I was, we, I was we were talking to interns at a company I worked at and I was just like in a bad place mentally and I was like you know sometimes you're gonna get notes and they're gonna have you kill your babies and there's hills you're gonna want to die on or whatever and we we left the meeting and a friend of mine was like you talked a lot about like killing babies and dying on a hill like are you okay and I was like oh maybe oh, I maybe I shouldn't talk to interns yeah because he does go down a real blood and ashes yeah. pathway that's very, very uncomfortable. Yeah. <laughs> but uh yeah, it's but there's a, there's great dialogue in the scene, but it's just wrapped around like like you said, the writers just didn't realize how awful this moment was that they wrote. Mm. But yeah, that's this scene. And then Angel realizes he made it hard for the gang, and we cut to the gang partying. And uh, they and were partying. They up. were party. There's so many people. I didn't even know they knew that many people. Yeah. <laughs> what? Where did they all come from? They just opened their door. It was. It was actually the flyers. They yeah. all read the flyers <laughs> wrong. <laughs> they thought it was That's a amazing. party. That would be hilarious. Cool. Yeah, I'll go to a weird party in a yeah. abandoned office building. <laughs> Although I will say, I guess Courtney knows a lot of people because she had the party in her. Um, oh yeah, that's in true. her house. So yeah. Uh, but then I, I love the way it ends with which one of you is Angel. It's just a name. It's really, yeah. Oof. it's really great. And then the cut, yeah. like it's like it's Whoa. just a hard cut right to the credits. <laughs> and it, it, you're right, it is so good. And it is it that's such a tiny moment from him. But it's one of the reasons why I like Alexis Denisov so much is because he's so good at doing those tiny little moments. Like yeah. there's a lot of impact there, even though a you lot, know yeah. he's not putting a lot of mustard on that delivery. He's not doing a lot with his face. But it just it just really works to show that even though, you know, they were fired and they were down at the beginning of this episode, they got a job. They solved it quick. They, you know, they got paid and they're back on top again. And I just I think it's great. And to go back to what um, Trevor said about it, building them up as a team. I mean, it really does. They are. They are the three of them together. They all three stop immediately when they see that man come in for help. And they oh, all I love three that. go to him immediately. I, yeah. It's great. 
and like even even says like, oh, we can go in the back. Like yep. you know, like not it's like, oh, I'll come back. No, no, no. You need help. What do yeah. you need? Yeah. Like it was really cool to see that. It's fantastic. It really sets the tone too, and not I'm I'm not gonna get in any spoiler territory, but I feel like this this narrative that they told separating Angel from the gang and having them emboldened as a stronger team without him. And then the way the story moves forward, like later on is so important. Like if we continued and we never went down this path and it was just angels in charge of an angel investigations and they just kind of jumped to his beck and call it. I feel like it would have gotten stale, but this makes for such a richer story all the way through to the very end where yeah. they're, they're equals to angel from here on out, even, even though the, you know, the power dynamics shift and who's in charge and all that. But like, because of this, they are all, and internally they realize it as well, that they are all equal to him. And I think that's, this was a really important way to get there. Mm-hmm. Agreed. I agree too. All right. So next on our agenda from Mama Ian, a uh, favorite outfit oh boy there's not very many (laughs) so when i when i do these i really try to be nostalgic here because (laughs) there is just you know i it's tough so i honestly though like what felt really perfect was uh (laughs) was cordy's fucking jacket (laughs) when when she when they're when they're in the 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 rich people's house yeah that like, and oh. which at the end, I guess she had it on at the end too. But like, had that like, I don't even know what you call that material, but it's it it looks like a nylon material, but like it has a different like like almost reflection. Oh you know? yeah, yeah, yeah. Like oh my god, I saw that. I was like oh geez, that's that's the winner for me. <laughs> yeah, it's like that very like Y two K like shimmery pleather yes. yeah oh. like she looks oh. like she should be in one of those janet jackson movie video or music videos yeah. Yes. yeah that's a good one i mean i feel like you have to call out lauren's suits always yeah, yeah. always mm-hmm. sharp on my list. other than that Mine is definitely Lawrence. yeah it's just so emblematic of the time like he went to structure got this like camel <laughs> like colored like suit jacket a button down blue like these bright colors and then his frosted tips yeah um i think it's just a nice i I think just think of wardrobe as a form of storytelling it's such a stark contrast to angel who's in darker colors yeah so i'm I'm just gonna give it to lauren with the the khaki suit jacket and the blue and the ascot i think i'm gonna do i'm gonna do a real one and then i'm gonna do a funny one and the real one is i think i liked virginia's outfit Oh, yeah. She's always oh, got pretty yes. good clothes. Although I, I couldn't pinpoint. Yeah. I'm trying to look for a picture and I can't really pinpoint exactly what it was, except I think it was like burgundy. <laughs> yeah, I think she had like a burgundy <laughs> shirt on. Um, but then I think we have to call out, maybe not for being good, but just for existing and being so bright. Um, Denise's pink anniversary shirt. Because that's, literally, that's what the hell are you wearing? What are you wearing? That's Why are you wearing name. that to your anniversary dinner? <laughs> I was gonna, I was gonna point out Denise's is my legit favorite, only because she brings the only color to this that, morose. <laughs> that's fair. Thing. Like, it's literally the only thing that has life in that room. <laughs> Like, is she doing this and then going to her, you know, office job after? <laughs> it's just like a long sleeve button down pink shirt for your first anniversary. It's bizarre. Yeah. <laughs> Which is why he went, It your shirt is, uh. <laughs> sure, there, there we go. We've got the reason That's for why, why he paused. Yeah. <laughs> That's why. You look, uh, okay. Happy okay. anniversary. 
<laughs> All right. And so what is our favorite scene from the episode? Mm. My favorite scene is Angel and Lauren in the car when Angel finally breaks. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I think mine is Angel and Lauren, at, even though the implications are terrible, that Angel and Lauren and Jean at the dinner table, just because I really like Lauren's speech. Mm. Yeah. yeah, I agree. And I think just marinating on like what we were talking about, I also think that's them trying to bring Angel back to trying to empathize with human. I'm just trying to like justify yeah. this entire scene in my head. But <laughs> again, yeah. I mean, again, helping the helpless. I mean, it's regardless of what, what was put out there, th- th- there are some nuances there that I think we can pick at. And that's why it's such a great scene. Yeah. Mm. Mine was definitely the Wesley Gunn, Cordelia and Virginia stopping in. Yeah. Like I love too. that the, the start of the three of them sitting at the desk like that that was just great, and then I feel like a lot of fun lines in that in that whole scene. Good deliveries too. Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, mine would be when they're fighting and Lauren, who's the goat of this episode, just like belts out a note. <laughs> yeah, yeah, like, yeah. He's yeah. like he's like the black canary of LA and I so good. I just thought <laughs> that was good. So good. And I was and I was like thinking, does he ever do that again? Like as like like a battle tactic? I can't remember if he does that again in the series. Uh, like, I it was brilliant. I don't think like that, but I he does start singing in Pylea. Yeah, but I, it's I think not he does, quite the same. I think he does do the combat singing in Pylea, doesn't he? I think he's he's just singing, singing like Donna because Summer I know they they don't like music there, and he definitely like uses it to his advantage at some point. I think, but, but it's I not like wrong. a really cool like high C. Like, oh yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Cool. All right, guys. So, where can everyone find you guys online? Your podcast. Um, for us, uh, our our podcast is another Buffy podcast. Um, we don't have an account for the podcast. You can just find us on Twitter um, or X or whatever it's called. I'm at Trevor Carly. <laughs> and um, I am at FiddleDD85. Fabulous. I'm Spring from the Power of X-Men podcast. You can find us on all podcast platforms, but we're also migrating our content to YouTube. So if you're feeling charitable, please listen to our rants on YouTube. It is very specifically <laughs> tailored content about Jean Grey and the Phoenix Force and Marvel oh, Legends. Nice. I know. Uh, I'm Jason Sully on everything. S-U-L-L-I. Uh, I sh- mostly stream on Twitch. Cool. Nice. All right. It was right. great talking with y'all. Yeah, definitely. Bye. 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 <laughs> Ciao. <laughs>